Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast. How's it going, everybody? We're jumping into a marvelous depth, which means I don't have to give a bad joke at the beginning, which is always a fun relief. Although yeah, I, really, it's just kind of like what everyone looks forward to. I know. It's really the only thing that we have going on. But we don't do those on Marvelous Depth episodes, which is This is, is one of those. This is definitely one of them in, my, in honor of Quantumanium. We wanted to jump into Ant-Man. This is an interesting episode. Um, Indeed. Because I think we should think we say need- right off the top that we're not doing a theme week. We already said it before. But this is going to drop uh, early in the same week as the Thursday and Friday episodes. So maybe it'll feel a little bit like a theme week to you, but we're not going to go hard and do seven episodes in a Sunday afternoon type of thing. Just, there's, not, there's not that much interesting about Ant-Man other than because we could talk about this and the second one. But I don't know if we'll ever talk about the second one. We're going to do might, we're going to do a depth on the second one. <laughs> it might be our least favorite depths of all time i can see right now the i'll go deep into it right now it sucks that's how deep i want to go into that one but this one's interesting uh this is the first marvelous depth that i think we've done that i'm not sure what its depth is it's a movie that people tend to like but no one seems to love yeah i think it has a lot to do with it's it's a comedy for the most part and comedies are a lot less rewatchable than other movies in a lot of cases because the jokes are funny the first and maybe second time. But when you get beyond that, and this movie's a little bit old at this point, when, when did this drop? 15, I think? Yeah. Something like so, that. So it's been out for a while now. So at this point, I just rewatched it like a week or two ago. And it was like funny again because I gave it a couple years to breathe, but it's, it's still never going to make my top tier marvel films all right well they, i think it's okay go. though no I, th- I definitely think it is okay i think that's the general consensus i think everyone has it as mid it's about as mid as you can be as a movie uh there are some some things that i think are worth exploring to kind of to understand what doesn't doesn't work i mean there's there's a family dynamic there's a father-son thing there's a little bit of I think they made the right move by making Hank Pym an old man and then having Scott Lang be the focus because Scott Lang, I think, is a more interesting character than Hank Pym. And the fact that you have Hank Pym kind of playing a Batman role in Batman Beyond, it, it feels cool because he has an advisory role. He's still pretty smart, but he's not the hero anymore and he gets to play... Uh, professor to his protege type of thing which I, I thought was a pretty interesting dynamic that they didn't necessarily have to do and they chose to yeah but I, 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 I don't know I mean it is a good decision I think I think you're ultimately right Scott Lang is good I think you wanted to get a younger person in and you need an excuse for the, the pin particles to have existed but he I don't know I think it's worse than every other example of exactly what you just said not every other example but 
a lot of movies do the I'm the older sort of grisly grumpy old man thing just way better than this movie. He's like eh. Yeah, he's not all that grisly or grumpy. Uh I like how he still got his wits about him. That's a good thing and he's a talented actor, but I this uh, we we already said it's mid and I think, you know, mid is mid. But we're going to get in depth on like what we actually do like about it cuz there are yeah. a few things that I think are to its credit. No, I think yeah. Let's let's do it. We'll, we'll kind of break it down piece by piece, and we'll also do a little bit. Oh, there's a dog there, and we'll also do a little bit of walk through some scenes that I think are interesting. But I, let's start here, because obviously we know my favorite part of movies is world building, and the Marvel universe has had a lot of interesting world building. It's you know Wakanda's been great, and the Shang Chi mm-hmm. did good world building, and Doctor Strange, the way it introduced magic and inventions, was really good. Ant-Man sort of introduces the idea of quantum. I wouldn't call realm. it. Yeah, I guess I guess in that respect. It's more mentioned than actually explored besides one scene, at least in this one. That's what I was going to ask. I was thinking, does the fact that this world, this movie has no world building, really? I was just, yeah, that's what I would say. It stuff. doesn't have world building. It has like certain elements that, are used, I guess, for the world, like you said, the PIM particles and the technology that make the suit possible. But I wouldn't say that adds to, like to the general, I don't know, vibe of the MCU. Like, like you just said, there's far more interesting places to be than what is it? Where is he? He is he San Francisco? Is he New York? I don't remember. I think it's in San Francisco. But again, yeah, I think that's, that's correct. That's sort of my point. That's, I think, why sometimes you walk away from this movie with a little bit of mid. It adds nothing. That's one reason. I think the fact that it doesn't, it's just a city, city we know. It doesn't really explore the city in an interesting way. Nope. You know, it's not sex in the city showing off New York. It's sort of just, they are in San Francisco. Cool. Maybe. We're not even 100% sure. Although I am sure. It's San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah. That's... It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't build anything. It, like, it expands the lore of Baskin Robbins a little bit. That's yep. You know, Baskin Robbins is definitely has a definite benefit on this one. I'm not going to knock the characters though. I think they're in some of them are integral to the overall MCU. I would say Scott Lang is a really big part. He feels like he takes a back seat most of the time, but I think that's all going to change in the new movie. And you know we're not there yet, but when we get introduced to this character, he's kind of a you know he's fresh out of prison. I love how this movie kind of in- starts his, his introduction is just him fighting a dude in prison. And it was actually just this weird no, that's like, sending funny, off ritual. It's great. That's a funny scene. I do like that scene. But when we, I guess this, I have a few different questions about Scott that I think are, are worth exploring. But the first thing is, is there anything about his character that makes you believe he went to prison? Like there's just nothing about the way he acts, what he says that ever makes me think he would actually like end up in prison. Yeah. With, the things that like he has the skills clearly you can he uses his like bra- like burglary skills and like his kind of like but do you even believe he has like burglary skills he seems like he's showed just up a, a dude they showed off a little bit when he breaks into the mansion and then that whole scene where he expands the vault door with like ice because he knows how to take that one like i was like that was really cool the first time fact that he had yeah. the mind to put the air mattress down so that the thing could catch it he put up a blanket in front of him because he knew the bolts were going to shoot off 
all right, you're right. You're right. I'll uh, I will concede my point. I think when you really think that's a cool scene, it's an underrated scene. But it does like at the end, it gets told that it was an inside job where he was he knew allowed to steal it. Right. Um. But you're right. He still had to show the skills. So I guess he does do that. It's something about his attitude that just never. And I guess it's as the the He's other Paul movies Rudd. Go on. He's Paul Rudd playing Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd doesn't seem like the type of guy that's been to prison. I think that's really what it boils down to. He's yeah. hilarious. He's one of the funnier characters in the MCU so far. And eventually, if we get a Ryan Reynolds <laughs> with Paul Rudd in the same scene, that's going to be great. I'm going to have a really good time with that. Oh, he's had a lot of funny. I mean, I mean, this movie has funny scenes. He's been funny and everything. It just never feels. I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about Ant-Man to know if I should be into it. But he doesn't feel like a superhero at all, which I guess is maybe a good thing or a bad thing. What do you I mean, How do you feel about the whole? I, I think that adds to the fact that they did the Scott Lang thing. Hank Pym is Ant-Man prime. He has the most history with the character. In fact, Scott Lang hasn't been around nearly as long. And I think that's kind of an important thing to note here is like, because that character is less developed than Hank Pym, they can take advantage of that. Like he's lesser known at the very least. Cause Really, you start out Ant Man. You just say Ant Man to the average person. I, I give you sixty percent of people have heard of Ant Man. Does that seem accurate? Yeah, as if you have a general idea of what superheroes are, right? And then like a good forty percent know that Ant Man is Hank Pym, and I bet you that forty gets cut down to like twenty percent of people know who Scott Lang is. So. They're playing yeah, even, the odds like, there. Even now, after the movie has come out, I still think I'm not sure everyone knows that Scott right. Lang is was the Ant Man in this. Yeah, but it, it does. I think it's an interesting question that because he gets to be his own person, that's great. It's good you get to explore it a little more. But does the fact that he acts like he's just such a normal guy, even once he has the suit, in a lot of ways, I think that makes him less memorable. I mean, even people who literally have no powers, like Batman. He- he like, doesn't have like the depth. He doesn't have the depth that some of these characters have, which is kind of unfortunate. So yes, he's got the free reign to kind of do what he can, and he makes it funny and interesting in a way. But uh, he's kind of like one dimensional in that way. He shows a little bit of depth, and obviously he's got the daughter, which adds a whole mythos thing, and the family over there that like, Oh, the girl's stepdad's a cop and he keeps catching them. And I'm like, I mean, it's interesting enough, but as far as Scott Lang himself, if it wasn't played by Paul Rudd, I don't think I'd like that character. I think that's what it kind of boils down to. Yeah, I think, but that's, I think that maybe that's why I get this feeling. This movie is made is that I never watch any of the Ant-Mans or him in any of the scenes and think of Ant-Man. He's like, I just think of, Paul Rudd. Yeah. I just think like Paul Rudd's hanging out with the Avengers and they gave him the ability to like turn giant, which is like sort of helpful, maybe kind of, but not really. <laughs> as far as like actual screen time and like the mythos of pop culture projects, like he's got to be near the top. So I think he really has that going for him. Like Chris Hemsworth was kind of an unknown actor when he took on the role of Thor. Chris Evans was like kind of a heartthrobby type. He did his human torch thing. Robert Downey Jr. obviously had been around a little while, but he fell off. Like Paul Rudd's consistently been present since forever. <laughs> I think yeah. I just think that that you see him as Paul Rudd and not as Ant Man, and that's 
might be the problem, or maybe it's a benefit. I, I don't know. It's I, I, hard to I tell. don't know. I don't think it's the fact that Paul Rudd's famous. I know he is famous. I just I do I put it on the movie. I put it on the character. I put it on the movie for not doing a good enough job. But that's just me. Um, let's sort of walk through the movie a little bit. We've already talked. He goes to prison. He kind of has the whole like, oh, he can't find a job after prison trope. And he can't I like his Mary, his his gang of merry men. Those guys are great. great. Michael Pena, uh, Daniel Desmolchin, and then uh, there's a th- is, it's a is it? Oh no, it's a rapper. I'm gonna think of his name. You just you go ahead and take over. But they're they're pretty interesting guys. I like them as like a crew, and whatever. It's it's fun. yeah. They are very funny. They're very, again. It makes me think like I have these guys really like mastermind burglars. I don't know, but they are funny. So I guess cool. I, I don't know. I have never committed crime, so I don't actually know what kind of people are burglars. But it just in my head, it's not them. But they are funny. I do like them. I don't love how surface level the whole prison trope and the stepfather's a cop thing and the daughter and he can't see his daughter. It all feels like very surface level. It doesn't really feel like he misses his daughter until sort of towards the end. And then you start to get it a little bit. Yeah. I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. It's T.I. by the way, I had to look it up because I was like, I know it's a famous ish rapper that hasn't yes, passed in yes, a while. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the relationship with his daughter, you're right. It, I don't know, man. It's it's weirdly complicated somehow. Like we don't know how long he was in prison. Did they really establish that? They probably did, but like his daughter, it seems like he'd be trying a little harder to go see her all the time because he missed out on the first what like at least a couple years of her whatever old she is in the first one seven six seven. He missed a good chunk of time, so. Maybe I guess it's just should be a bigger character. It's just one of those things that like, I don't know if you ever watched like a boxing movie or like there's plenty of movies that like when the, the ex-wife doesn't want you to see the kid, there's like a lot of yelling and there's more emotion and it feels like what would really happen if you haven't seen your kid in 12 years. And because it's a Marvel movie, there's you not. You can't do that. You don't really do it. And so you're like, well, you seem cool with your ex-wife, like just see the kid more like it's fine i don't know why there's this tension to have to go back to burglary i don't know why there's yeah the tension kind of gets removed in the second movie but yeah you're right it's a weird plot device that they might have leaned too heavily into because there wasn't much of a a riff between the two of them like it seems like a pretty clean break to me yeah it doesn't seem like he needed to go back to being a a burglar just because he got fired from Baskin Robbins, but they they do always find out. They, he's not wrong there. Yeah, Baskin Robbins. I love just quick shout out to What If. Oh, like Star Lord. If he doesn't go to space, he works at Dairy Queen. So you get the ice cream mythos of the MCU. That's true. That's funny. I do like all that stuff. I, I mean, I like the Dairy Queen. I think the stuff's funny, but whatever. It's all really just a setup to get him to that cool breaking scene, which is one of the better scenes in the movie, definitely. Like when you yeah. think about the whole breaking mm-hmm. aspect, it's kind of cool. I really wish there was more of it because once he gets the suit, the like next break-in scene is not as good. The like the one where they actually break into the office. Just feel like, yeah, that's true. Um, like he didn't feel- need any of his burglary skills to do what he did as Ant Man, but he was recruited as Ant Man because of his burglary skills. I wish there would have been some sort of like 
make him do interesting things. Have him blow up another door with like his chemicals. Have him do other interest, whatever. Snippet. Choices were made. Choices were made. Uh, one of boring one, choices. Mid choices. I, li- I like his uh, the cameo of uh, Falcon in this one. That was pretty great. That's much later in the movie, but that was that was one of the best parts, I'd say. Yeah, completely off script. That oh, was one of those things that they they wrote in for no reason other than they wanted to have a Falcon cameo. Like he could have gotten whatever the weird device was anywhere, but. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Corey Stoll as Darren Cross, Yellow Jacket. As far as villains are concerned, he's uh, meh. <laughs> that, he's that's not, some people say he's meh. To me, he's he's more than meh. He's he's worse than meh. He's just he's like a ne- to me he's a negative influence on this movie. Like I don't like virtually other than the scene where he gets punched in the face. I'm not sure there's a scene that he's in that I think like, oh, this is interesting. I don't, I don't get what he's doing. He's not. There was a weird section of time around this period where everybody from House of Cards was just getting jobs everywhere because they were in House of Cards, and sometimes Maybe I they didn't needed to watch House of Cards more because I there's definitely probably, that might be part of it. <laughs> a chunk of my life that I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't get what he's doing in this movie at all. He seems just so boring, and again, his motivations are so. I don't. Well, I don't even know what they Eddie. are. Like, Eddie. is he? Is it just because he wants to invent something himself? Right? Like, he was sick of. He wants to get rich on his own name instead of capitalizing on Pim's. Uh, I don't know his weird semi relationship with Pim's daughter, and he kind of pimps pimps his daughter out too him but they have a damaged relationship that whole relationship was very confusing like she seemed like she might be a double agent but then she also seemed like maybe she kind of liked him i don't know what was going on there oh her and cross yes well and then yeah and uh, isn't everything she does i don't I just she just, I don't like hope at all. <laughs> we, we ranked, uh, <laughs> we, yeah, there's a, there's a secondary character thing that we're, I don't know if we didn't do that yet, did we? We're going to do that at some point. Well, she was She's, part of the, she got ranked as part of, uh, our entire MCU tier. Oh, uh, that's what it was. Yes. Uh, She's she got bottom because she's bad. She's not good. She, this movie, I don't know. Maybe. Do you think it- do you think it could have benefited from like an actual romantic tension? Do you think that would have helped this movie? Because it doesn't Maybe. really have any. It, yeah, that's another note that like their relationship, like the romantic chemistry, is very passive. Like it's all, it's like never at the forefront except when it needs to be as a plot device. It's not like there's this weird like, oh, I think she's into me. It's like no, she she seems like she pretty much hates your guts, and that's. That's kind of how I don't know if she ever really recovers from that. And then she's like, "Oh, my dad likes you, so I like you even less now." And it was it was weird. And then they end up making out at the end, and we're like, "Hey, man, whatever. I guess that works." Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it was. I guess it's, it wasn't all the time because it's still happening that we are at this point in cinema where we can't like anytime there's like a hot chick and a hot guy, they can't get together now because they used to get together in every movie. So now it's like, oh, they're, yeah, they're not allowed to get together. Like, well, I kind of, every now and then it helps, the movie. Like, whether it's cliche, whether it's stupid, whether you're going to get made fun of on Twitter, like, it it makes your movie better most of the time to have something going on. That's Like true. we said, none of the relationships, the, the him and his daughter, um, the 
Hank and Scott, like none of the relationships feel like there's any sort of fun going on for anybody. I feel like no one in this movie is having fun, which is weird for a movie that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's a very good point. The relate like they need to work on that. Maybe that's why this next movie seems like it's gonna be very family oriented. That's why they recast his daughter for an actress that has got more experience. We got Michelle Pfeiffer playing a more heavy duty role in this one, and she's a pretty well known. And then obviously um, Michael Douglas. That's right. Yeah, the guy that plays Hank Pym. Yeah, he's a good actor. Hopefully, they can do something just. Figure it out, man. The chemistry between these guys is not there. No, it's just nothing. And it's even it's it's worse in the sequel, which we'll talk about eventually. Yeah, I think there's there's the whole sad thing about him and his his wife and how she like went too small. That was a little bit of interesting world building, which we talked about. Yes, and uh, but did it really feel sad? Were you sad about it? No. <laughs> it just wasn't so either. It, just wasn't it, it tried to care. tug the heartstrings, but it didn't work for some reason. I just don't get it, man. I there's there's that that's it seems like your characters you'd want to be one of the strong points of your movie and not just Paul Rudd carrying the whole thing on his back by being a funny, well known actor. Like that's how this movie feels. It just feels like he he took pretty much everything. He's like, All right, I'm gonna turn this mid instead of a hot pile of garbage. Yeah, I mean, out. in a lot of ways, this movie feels like it's the beginning of the MCU. It feels not, but those are very, they're very well. But it feels like of that time. It's like budget feels weird. It's, it's all very low. Everything, it's low stakes. Yeah. It's low. It's just, I don't care about him getting the Hank Pym particles. Cross could use it all. I don't care what he does. Turn people into goo all you want, dude. I don't care. How's that? Well, let's talk about the things that we do like because we're being Debbie Downers about this whole thing, and that's because it's a mid movie. But they're well, it's hard to just be like, here's a joke I liked. Here's a joke I liked. I I mean, I did. I liked the cameo by uh, Stanley. That's a funny one. It's yep, makes me laugh. Now, this is a marvelous depths, Coach. Did you feel it's hard to explore the depths, but what little things did you kind of, were you able to, like, grab onto? Like, it's like, we're both relatively new fathers. Did this pull that no, heart string at all? It, no, it didn't, not at all. Yeah. I watched it again recently. That's that's what I think we're saying. So that's why this is a that's weird episode. Problem. We're going to keep trying, and I, I agree with you, we're going to keep trying to get into depths. That's why we're in this episode. There's a reason it's not hated. Yes, but it's it's fascinating to me that there's a movie that ge- people generally like. I've never heard anybody tell me any like cool reason they like this movie other than that it's funny. Um, Which well, I guess that's something. at the time there weren't as many funny Marvel movies yet. There were there was always the Marvel humor sitting taking a backseat. Was this this was around the same time as Guardians? I think these are the two franchises, which is funny because they're both getting their third installment this year. That the, these are the two that like make up the comedy of the MCU, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing because I don't know. I've always talked about how much I love drama and stuff like that. Like it's fun to watch on screen, and this one just it just didn't have it. The family I, drama should have been a much more of a hurdle. Maybe that's the problem. It didn't feel like there was any real problems there. Yeah, Nothing that's that nobody couldn't get over in like 15 minutes. 
Like, just like a regular conversation with your ex-wife. Like, yeah, I just got out of prison. Like, give me a break. I'll get a job eventually. Like, let's calm down. Just let me see my daughter in the meantime. Um, but I guess the the difference between, like, those two movies, right, is I feel like when I watch Guardians or when I watch Deadpool or, say, Thor Ragnarok, like, I'm, like, fall over laughing out loud in those yep. movies. Mm-hmm. But when I watch this movie, I go, like, ha, nice. That's funny. Like, the... Yes, clever joke this, which is all that's Paul Rudd's thing. Which is why like yes. I like Paul Rudd in things. I don't know that I like Paul Rudd movies. I feel like I like him more. Well, he's better in Civil as a side War. character in almost in most instances, I would say, because his two movies that he's been the lead for, one's considered mid, one's considered awful, and it's like, yeah, let's make a third one and hope for the best. It's like is, I think that's why you and I aren't as hyped about this next project because both of us are pretty cool on the first two. I'm, I'm willing around to, be proved, to it. Proved wrong. I mean, I'm getting around to it because the trailers, I think, they make me feel like I'm really going to be invested in the him and his daughter thing. I hope way so. more than I ever have been, which I think like that gives the movie an anchor, and that's probably I think as we're exploring this, we're realizing. That's what this movie lacks. There's nothing there's nothing important that I care about seeing happen. I don't care about seeing him get back with his daughter. I don't care about his relationship with Hope. I'm interested to see how his relationship with his daughter develops in this new one because like obviously I have a daughter now and like maybe this could be some sort of representation of what it might be like as a father-son combo when a girl's in her teenage years feeling a bit rebellious like yeah she got her dad back from the dead but she's still a teenage girl so maybe there's some sort of conflict there we're, we're gonna see yeah i definitely think they're gonna i i think it's gonna be the best ant-man movie the more i the more i see of it but this this one again it it feels like it lacks a lot of things there are some i like the whole you know i think there's plenty of things people have said before the whole funny weird joke telling bit is it was really funny. It was clever. The the Van Horn is great, and yeah, the the recap by Michael Pena that's iconic. That's the best part of the Ant Man movies, and I'm pretty sure Michael Pena's not in the third one, which that's a real miss on Marvel's part, I would say. Yeah, it's tough. Maybe he will be though. Maybe he'll just give a recap that before the movie starts. I have no idea. Um, yeah, but that's that stuff's funny. It's cool. Like, but again, it's hard to watch a second time. Not really. It's it's still pretty funny. It's still pretty funny the second and third time. It's I one really of the love, jokes that sticks around. I really love when he picks him up from prison. I think that's really funny. Yep, it's great. Um, I feel like everything the training montage. What do you think of the training montage? That's a pretty. I okay. you know that's that's fair. That's a fun part because it's. You, there's clearly Hank Pym just flexing how much better he is at everything. And then hope showing that she is competent using all the equipment and Paul Rudd is a novice at best and he sucks. So it, it, it's definitely fun to explore that part of it. The movie never really explains, I guess, other than him being overprotective about uh, Michael Douglas character, Hank being overprotective, but it really does seem like, why isn't Hope just the Take person the doing this? <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And yeah, it's and if you him... want to protect your daughter, why are you doing anything with her? Like, why? Like, like it seems I don't understand like why he felt the need to like lie to her all this time, and like she knew he was lying. It's like he could have just said what actually happened. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't yeah, think was... it's not like she resented him for what happened. Her mom died a hero's death, and then turns out she's not dead anyway. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't like it. I don't like that she she can't wear the suit, but she can be part of this plan. Like, they're both dangerous. I don't understand what the delineation is. It seems annoying. Um, she obviously is more competent than Scott by the end. And again, I think my most the thing I dislike the most is that. It never ties anything between his skills before being Ant-Man and then once he has the suit. I feel like there should have been some way to tie those together. Okay, what cooler. I will say some of my favorite stuff was the, the, the fight between Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket. All the CGI stuff when they're tiny. The Thomas the Train finishing the whole fight and it's just this giant thing that breaks through his ex-wife's house. I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I can, I can get. I can come and sit sit and watch all this stuff because it, it's clearly very impressive that they were able to accomplish this at, at that time and it's it's gonna be great i i'm curious to see what edgar wright's movie would have ended up like because he was the original director for ant-man and then they had creative differences and he got removed and i think that would have been a very different movie i would have more more ants i would have more weird maybe ants Going around. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, it's interesting that you like that scene. I don't really like much of it at all. I especially don't mean... That's fine. I, I really don't like the whole like laser shooting, like flying through the yard. Once they're in the bedroom, it's a little the more The bug zapper thing's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I did the bug... Yeah, the Thomas Trank engine's funny enough. I don't love the whole giant ant freaks me out. That thing's creepy. Oh, but... yeah, and then it plays the drums at the end. That's the, that's the post-credit scene. I'm like, boo. I think grosses me out. Like the the emotional ending it goes for, where he's like, "All right, I'm gonna sacrifice myself to save her." Like, okay. First off, was he like really gonna kill your daughter? Like, maybe, but not if you just give him. Not if you just give him what he wants. Uh but I think it didn't matter because he was able to fix himself through quantum magic of being able to hear. Yeah. Whatever. This is a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough, a tough episode to get through. That's. For I sure. think that's, I think that's okay though, because I think it's good to acknowledge that like things can be good and lack depth. Because I think a lot of times, a lot for me anyway, I often really have to connect to something to like it. Yep. And this is an interesting movie that I don't connect with at all. I connect with nothing with this movie. But I still, like, I watched it recently, and I was like, yeah, I kind of like it. But there's mm-hmm. no reason I like it other than it just kind of just feels nice. Maybe it's just the way it's shot. Maybe it is just the jokes. Maybe it's just It feels like up. a feel-good filler Marvel movie. What, what did this add to the overall timeline of the MCU? Almost nothing, because it takes place in a completely different city. You're right. Yeah. That was a weird thing. It's just like, at least in Captain America 2, when there's you know, cameos from like Nick Fury and Colby, you know, Maria Hill. And you finally get the introduction of winter soldier. It's like, there's a lot of things that could have happened and did not in this movie, which is weird. Cause sometimes I always, I complain about the fact that they try too hard to connect things. This one feels too disconnected. Maybe that's well, the, yeah, the one, and the one time they did connect. It was just completely, you could feel it. I remember watching it the first time and you could just feel it like, what really? Like you, you always got to find this thing. There's one place to get it. It's like, does he really need this thing? But I like the scene. I like Falcon fighting. It gives Falcon a little bit of like, 
Oh, yeah. He's cool. He can like fight someone with like a fancy special suit. It gives you a reason to think Falcon is not just a nobody now. Because that was coming just off Captain America. Overall, I feel I feel good about my assessment of this movie, which is that it, it adds nothing to my emotional depth at all. There's a reason it never really gets talked about. And there's a reason people aren't excited for Quantumania. And it's this. It's this conversation right here. I think anybody who has a conversation about AMA. That's, I think that's one of the hardest <clears throat> or the biggest hurdles that the MCU is experiencing right now. It's just there's not only the superhero fatigue. They also just like they use the crap out of some of their best characters. So they're trying to keep the machine moving, but they're missing something like it's it's like the printers running out of ink in a way and they got to find a way to kind of bring the vibrance of the MCU back. <laughs> I'm telling like, you though, everything I've read about it though is this movie is going to be really cool. I hope I really, really hope so. I genuinely hope that I enjoy this one. In Guardians 3, I also like I'm 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 pumped to see these, but the the things I was most excited about for this past phase have already come and yeah. gone. So there's not a lot that I'm looking forward to in the next year, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're at this specific time, but I I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping Quantum Medium just is as good as I hear it is, and is as cool as I hear it is. And a lot of ways I hear it's going to bring back the uh the idea of like theory crafting and sort of how we felt during WandaVision. Which is another thing this the first Ant Man completely lacks. There's like nothing interesting. There's no like like it wasn't until Ant Man two that we really started to think like, ooh, how can they use the quantum realm to like do this or that? In the first Ant Man, nothing. There was nothing. You, there was nothing set up to nothing. Speak you were never that like was the problem. Uh, okay, I was I just pulled up the the future docket on like what's coming after Quantum Mania because it's like, what am I really excited to see? There's it just feels like there's stuff missing. But then I look over what's actually coming this year, and I'm. I'm like, like Secret Invasion is going to be great. I'm really looking forward to Echo. I am surprisingly looking forward to the Marvels, even though both those characters I'm not like super high on yet. Loki season two. I think this this next season is going to come back with a vengeance. I don't know if I was the only one that felt down on Loki. I know. I mean, not the only one in the world, obviously, but like the first season just felt pandemic ridden and rushed. So I think this next season is really going to kind of feel out those characters so and then blade and Ironheart are also this year so by the end of the year i'm gonna look back on this year as like that was a pretty solid year but the multiverse of madness was huge moon knight was great i loved wakanda forever there's yeah, just I'm, i love i'm loving the mc right 2022 now. felt like a better year than what i see on the docket for this year so i'm trying to keep the keep the love and the looking forward to things alive. Well, this was, this was a fun little, little check back. I'm curious if I went back and watched our, our MCU tier list of the MCU movies. Like, did we overrate it? I actually don't remember where we put it. I might I, put it somewhere mid. I think we put it like, Oh wait, did we do ABC or we did? I, don't I think we did it a little bit differently where the top tier, mid tier and bottom tier, I think is what we did on a different one. We yeah. called it mid tier. So that, tracks yeah part of me thinks i don't know maybe i yeah again it's like a weird movie that like i watch i'm like yeah it's nice when it's on tv i would watch it 
But like, it's weird that I just can't think of a single reason. Coach, like you it. know what I just thought of, and I think the audience would truly love. Let's turn the marvelous depths of Ant Man and the Wasp into a marvelous roast of Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, that's make, the only way. It's the. I think all, that's going to be so fun. Now that I've, all I the just depths. thought of it, I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. that would be so much better than trying to like." I can already tell you. I can already tell you. There's, no, there's there's no depth to there isn't. into it all. There's zero. Like this movie has no depth. Two definitely doesn't. I watched so, it once in theaters, and that's as a hardcore Marvel fan. I watched it one time. Eventually, I'm going to watch it again because my wife hasn't seen it, but we're we're very slowly chucking through the MCU, so it's not like it's going to happen. And I'm going to have to watch it again so we can do this marvelous roast episode. Yeah. So it's going to be we're great. Right. That's the way we're going to do it. That's also coming this week because uh, we're either dropping this episode Monday or Tuesday. Then either Tuesday or Wednesday, you get the marvelous steps of Ant-Man 2. Thursday, we're going to go to the premiere of Quantumania. And then Friday, of course, we got our full review. So you guys look forward to that. Absolutely. So if this episode was a little low energy, a little less fun, blame Ant-Man. Really blame Paul Rudd. If you need to blame someone, call Paul Rudd up. Tell him uh, Marvelous Deaths on Ant-Man was boring. You're a national treasure, but like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I think we'll we'll wait till Quantumanium comes out. We'll see. Maybe he redeems himself. Uh, I didn't expect when I turned this camera on to be as as harsh as I was. I know. Doesn't it kind of feel weird? Because I was I came into this the same way. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to talk about all the stuff we love about Ant Man. And then when I really thought about it, I was like, I love nothing but like, love the funny Ant-Man? bits. <laughs> there's like, yeah, I think we hit on there's the prison scene, the getting out of prison scene. Basketball there you go, guys. That speech. was our very sincere, marvelous depths on Ant Man. Sorry, it's not as uh, doesn't didn't get as much love as the Wolverine trilogy, but that's because oh. those are far better movies. Uh, they are just they're just better movies. Yeah, and that's okay. Not every movie needs to have depth, and that's all right. Hope you guys had a good time listening. And like I said, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. No, nope, later we this week. Time. Yes. Yeah. Later yes. this week. We're pre-recording in case you want to. I know. Yeah, it's fine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, in case it wasn't obvious, we here at Marvel Stuff and the Gotham City Rogues podcast do not own any of the IP we talk about. We're just fans having a good time talking about the things we love.